Welcome to Tight Ends, a fantasy football podcast based out of the UK. I'm your returning co-host, Fitz, of the Chilton Stallions and the commissioner of the Anglo-Scott Fantasy Football League. With me this week, we have, as ever, co-host Flem. Flem, how are you doing? I am good, mate. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas to you. Yeah, you all set? Not quite. Got to go no. and do some shopping. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the 21st and you're just yeah. going to do some shopping. Yeah, well, I've done most of it, you know. Oh, okay. um, but hey-ho. Um, live Exactly. Um, well, yeah. Wait till I get into the shops and we'll see if it turns into a nightmare. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, unusual for us this week, we've got two people on. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's bring them on. Uh, first up, we've got Barry of the Best in Grizzlies. How you doing, Baz? Chief. Loving the music. Oh, oh I love this song. Yeah, it suits, <laughs> me down, it suits me down to the ground. It really does. I'm such a happy, go lucky, fluffy, squidgy character. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I want, I want to know what your alternative would be at some point. If you do have one. I think it's got to be some sort of weird North Norwegian death metal or something, and that's my character in the league, to be honest. Okay. I, I've no. I, I searched. We talked about it last week. I searched. I couldn't think of anything bear themed apart I from can't. the Chicago Bears fight fight song. That was it. Yeah. And I suggested the Care Bears theme tune, which you didn't like. But yeah, I don't. I can't think of anything else. Well, yeah. let's 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 put that one on hold, and let's make sure we bring on our fourth and uh, final guest, Paul Radden of the Essex Musketeers. I think everyone's secretly jealous of this tune. I love that tune. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's grown on me. This one, it's grown on you. Love it. Oh. Did you, you ever watch it? Did you ever watch it when you were younger? Yeah, of course. Dog yeah. Tanyan, wasn't it? Dog Tanyan and Dog uh, Tanyan three and musketeers. Three musketeers. No, three musketeers. Musketeers. Musketeers, my friend. How are you anyway? I'm good. I'm good. Broke up for Christmas today, so all good. Yeah, Broke up with your yeah. wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm all good. good. I'm all good. Not seen my wife for Christmas. <laughs> Safe buying them presents. <laughs> Good. Well, look, um, it's, normally we only have uh, three of us on. This week we've got four because we're, as a lot of people are across the uh, fantasy world, uh, entering into kind of the playoff season. A lot of people are getting into mm-hmm. semifinals. And in the Anglo Scott Fantasy League, that's no different. We have our semifinals this weekend. And surprise, surprise, the four of us are in uh, those uh, semifinals that are coming Fucking up. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. Come on. <laughs> yeah, because everyone listening in Belgium is really on tenterhooks as to who made it. Uh, they are. They are. Yeah, they probably are. Um, but yeah, let's, let's dive in. We're still going to do our usual first segment, which is what three things? Fantastic! I do like I do like your three on that look. Thanks, mate. It's really, it's really really grown on me. Um, look, three things. What's got us tripping this week? Uh, let's kick off with uh, Paul. What's got you tripping this week, Paul? Well, I'm going to have to bore you a little bit with my team, uh, the Detroit Lions, because. They've obviously had a big resurgence. Um, we did mention them on the pod, I think, week three, four, something like that. I think Steve of the Wolfpack brought them up because at that time, although they were one and three, they were playing some exciting football. They've been in some close losses um, and everybody was talking about the Lions. And then, Well, let's, well, let's, let's, let's hear a clip from last week then. Okay. Jack's going to throw it. Back and looking, throws wide open left side. Brock Wright with it to the 30. Brock Wright 25. Brock Wright 20. Comes back at the 10 to the 
fired yes. to the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Oh, my. 51 yards. Goff to Brock Wright. And the Lions are back in front. Oh, baby, how big is that? I mean, what, oh, a, I call, mean, what a call that is. That's fantastic. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was from the, the Detroit Superstation doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, I love brilliant. that commentator. I yeah. love that guy. He, right. he should be on prime time, I'm telling you. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last time we spoke about him, it all seemed great. And then in typical Lions fashion, the wheels fell off. Um, they lost their next game to the Patriots, 29-0. Terrible game. Then got smashed by the Cowboys, uh, 24-6. Ended up sitting on one and six. And it was like same old Lions. Nobody was talking about the Lions anymore. Um, credit to Dan Campbell and the backroom staff. Kept the motivation high. Um and I just feel like they're really, truly building a team, not just just grabbing players for the sake of it. I was thinking today, like Odell Beckham Jr., for example, he's yeah. sniffing around teams, trying to win himself a Super Bowl ring. I honestly believe if you paid the Detroit Lions to take Odell Beckham Jr., they wouldn't take him because he doesn't fit the ethos of what Dan Campbell is trying to build. His motto is like grit. Um, every T-shirt that all, all the players wearing says grit on it. He wants like trenches players that even when shit hits the fan, they're 100% all in. And I think they've given him that all season, even in the even in the losses. They're definitely still learning. And Dan Campbell himself has made some big blunders this season. He's even cost us one game of some terrible play calling. But he, the, the owners are giving him a chance. They were 3-13 and 13 uh, last season, already seven and seven now with the, this this massive turnaround, and they're a young team learning. Got some good players. Potential playoff spot could happen, and yeah, it's just nice to be watching them. They're exciting. Who knows? The, the The future looks bright. I mean, have you have you guys been enjoying watching the Lions yourself more more than in the past? Yeah, look, to me, they're a team who fight to the finish. Uh, which is what I like about them. But uh, there's there's still a year or two away from a proper playoff run, I would say. I watched most of the match against the Jets, or at least you know, a lot of the highlights. Um, and it was a great game. But the thing that impressed me the most about Detroit, I think, was probably their defence. Um, their defence really came up big and played the big plays, particularly near the end of the game, you know, when they pushed uh, the yeah. Jets back and back to, to get them. What was that a 57-yard field goal at the end, was it, to, to tie yeah. that they missed? But, I, mean, I think but... that's the difference, Flynn. Like In the old days, they found a way to lose. Yeah. And now they're starting to find a way to win. That, that's the difference. I mean, they, look, they threatened to let Zach Wilson redeem himself a couple of times. <laughs> so they're, they're still they're still not perfect and they're still not no, running away with it uh, by not. any stretch. And you're right, young team, a couple of years away from a decent playoff run, I think. But yeah, you know, they're they're good. They're, yeah, they're, to win they're six, nice. six out of exactly. your last Look, seven. They're, they're, not, they're not the total butt of jokes anymore, which is really, I suppose, <laughs> the best you can hope for in many ways. Don't know what the other guys think. What are you hearing, Buzz? Um... <laughs> That's a standard Barry star. <laughs> oh! <laughs> You're all wrong, and this is why. <laughs> no, they, 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 I like Flynn comment. They fight to death. That, and then the point's been raised before, they are really entertaining to watch. It's nice, it's really nice about the NFL is the fact that, you know, with the way the draft works, um, the ability for teams to turn it around when you, when you get the right players in. You know, absolutely, you know, whether you look at St. Brown or you look at Hutchinson, you know, they, they've drafted relatively well. 
uh, okay, the, the QBs eluded them. So you look now and go, actually, Goff's not doing a bad job. Um, I don't know what their salary cap looks like in terms of what space they've got next year. Uh, their free agency, they, they actually don't have a lot of starters who are leaving next season uh, or potentially leaving. So they've actually got a very solid core. So that's good. Um, I think they need a playoff spot this year to, to keep that momentum, that confidence. It'll be a real kick in the balls yeah. for them if they don't yeah. get it. I think they will, though. They're on the bubble. Uh, it's very annoying that the NFC South has got three teams with losing records who might make it, which is a yeah. pain in the ass. But Washington's got the Niners this week, and they've got the Panthers, and then they've got the Bears the week after that. And then they've got the Packers the week after that. So two of those three games are eminently winnable. So I'd love to see the Lions do it, kick it on. I, I worry about if they don't make the playoffs, just does that kill the morale and momentum they built up? Because the Packers aren't great. The Bears aren't great. The Vikings are just a weird freaking team. You know, the NFC South is a joke. So, you know, that that's opened up. So I, I don't know. I, I think the playoff berth has got a, a lot to do with how much they'll grow beyond this. That's a great shot. And, and attracting free agents. I think they need it. Yeah, I think it's a great shot. The only, the only thing I... Salary cap, I think next year they go in in the, like the top third of space. They've not got loads of it, but they've got a bit. But I think the the two things that stand out to me from what Paul was saying: one, I mean, where did the shots fired at OBJJ come from? Like accusing him of not having grit. I mean, wow. Okay. Oh, I would say didn't, not, didn't have grit. No, I just don't you think did. He's a Dan Campbell man. I just oh, don't think he's. Well, yeah, because he's a glory Dan, hunter. No, 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 no. no. You, you made it plain and clear. You were taking shots at OBJ. Doesn't have grit. Okay. Fair enough. Bobby G listens uh, to this podcast as well. He does. Oh, he'll be he's coming tracking after you. me down now. If he can get on a plane, he'll come after you. Um, <laughs> um, but no, the other thing was your thing about age. I think the Lions have like the second or third or fourth, but it was like youngest squad. It wasn't the first, but it was in the top five. Yeah. I think that's a good shot. Like a team that's coming together, you know, if, he can, if they can keep the core of that team together, then yeah, like. And I think everyone has a little soft spot because they've been, they're like the Browns, but no one likes the Browns now because of that deviant there. So they're like the Browns, like a really shit team for a long time. And people are like, oh, you know, soft spot for them. So I think it'd be nice. I think the redemption's, you know, supported by lots of people. And as Barry says, if they can get a playoff spot, that's critical. I like yeah. that shout, yeah. Barry. Yeah. That's... And, and, and I, think, I think to your point about the, the, the salary cap as well, right? If you can keep the course together, if you can get the playoff spot, you've got progression, right? There's a lot of big unrestricted free agents. Yeah. next year yeah. and I mentioned last week about how you know the Eagles are going to have to pay Hurts if they want to keep him so Fletcher Cox Robert Quinn you know these are experienced defensive players who can come in and give you one year two year three years David Levante you know uh, uh, in a defense at the at the um, uh, at the Buccaneers uh, Jordan Poye at the, at the Buffalo Bills you know there's a lot of really decent players you know in the mix Saquon Barkley is a potential unrestricted free agent right so is you know okay it probably wouldn't happen but so is Lamar Jackson like there's a lot of good free agents out there that they're seen as a team on the up I think they're going to attract talent yeah good shape well it's a it's a good uh, opening uh what thing has got you tripping Paul thanks for that um Baz let's turn to you for your what's got you tripping this week it's uh, the emperor Uh, himself Phil Belichick we had too many uh uh, just collectively we made too many mistakes and you know gave up some big plays that that were obviously the difference in the game so um you know, just can't do that in this league and and uh and it cost us so 
Jesus, cheer up. I mean, I mean, honestly, how fucking depressed does he sound in that press conference? He sounds like Brawlwood of the Gators. <laughs> no, he's more a Lino. Oh, no. Somebody oh, no. <laughs> says that he's happy. Like, you know, I don't even want to know. Anyway, forget about it. Uh, but basically, it's pretty simple, right? So you got to think of like Bill Belichick the way you do like an Alex Ferguson, right? A man who's, who's reinvented, you know, the same team multiple times, you know, over multiple decades, right? Record's incredible. He's only missed the playoffs in 2002, 2020, 2008, and 2002. So basically three times in 21 years. Uh, his record is 297 to 150 as a head coach and 31 and 13 in the playoffs, which is a 70% record, which is nuts. Um, however, the current Patriots are 23rd on passing yards. They are 31st on passing touchdowns and they're 19th on both rush yards and touchdowns. Right. So the question is, is it time for Bill to hang up his spurs and protect his legacy and acknowledge the fact he's unlikely to make the playoffs this season, hand the reins over to someone else, protect you know who he is and what he is. Maybe he moves upstairs. I don't know. But is it time for Bill to walk away? I've got, well, there's part of me that thinks, and look, I'm glad you brought up Alex Ferguson because that's exactly who I was going to bring up as well. You know, it's 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 a, it's a very very similar thing. And Alex Ferguson didn't really know when to walk away either. You know, he kept on saying he was going to walk away and then didn't, and then didn't. You know, and then his team were a mess and he eventually walked away and they've never truly recovered. Um, the Patriots are in a mess now administratively. I think it's fair to say, and Belichick. It's kind of a guy who's always been famous for being on top of every last detail, you know, no stone left unturned type thing. And and that's what's missing in the Patriots right now. So whether it's whether it's he's lost his aura, whether he's not got the right group of players around him, I I, I don't know. I read somewhere that he's what thirteen victories or something like that, um, away from being the biggest winning, you know, or the most wins for for an NFL coach in history. Mm-hmm. Are either the Patriots or is Belichick going to be strong enough to say, no, that's it, before he gets that record? I mean, the Patriots are not going to say no. 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 Well, mm, unless you you, you start to hear some of the rumours about the owner not being happy and about not but not about um not about Belichick but like the other coaches and the coordinators and the other mm. backroom staff. There's some rumors going around. I was listening to a podcast out of Boston. The guys were saying that Kraft isn't happy with like the setup and the structure and some of the coaches he's got in there underneath him. So sorry, I check. It needs it needs 21 more victories to be the the the, the, the have the most victories of all times as an NFL coach. Mm. So that's two seasons, three seasons away. How old is he now? 71. Wow. Okay. There's three, three losing seasons. Gets him there. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a lot of, you it's know... A lot, it's a lot of shit to go through, but... And a lot of potential not making the playoffs. Because it's, it's just the point. Like, who do you get, right? Is Mac Jones a quarterback? Well, based on what we saw this week, he ain't the guy. Nope. And then, again, go back to the point. Like, he's not got a good record of drafting. No. Right? And who's your free agent QB? Technically, Tom is back on the market. Does Tom come back to the Patriots <laughs> for one last hurrah? But outside of that, I don't nah. think Lamar Jackson is is his QB. No. Nah. Geno Smith, maybe? No. Nah. Does Jimmy G come back? Like, so I, I just don't I just don't see how he builds the squad. You got any thoughts, Paul? 
Yeah, it's a tough one because obviously he's like one of the greatest managers of all time. Like, yeah, thought the same thing about Alex Ferguson. But I don't think he's got the the players. I don't think he's got the backroom staff. I read a little summit in the week that he was calling them out a little bit. I mean, obviously, Matt Patricia was um, the Lions coach for a while and then they took him back. And I think he was defensive coordinator when he was there originally. And I think he's offensive coordinator now. I may be wrong with that, but I, I, I... I don't think that's really worked out. I mean, Patricia had a nightmare at the Lions. Um, but I don't know. He's he's rebuilt a lot of teams. But for me, I do wonder if he's got that just old school mentality. Do you think like the, the youngsters coming through now, with all due respect, are going to be able to like relate to, to a 71-year-old guy? He, he doesn't have the best personality, as that clip just, just <laughs> said. Um but if you like looking compared to maybe like Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll and, and Bill Belichick are more or less the same age. They're not the same sort of coaches, but Pete Carroll just seems to well, have adapted a little bit with, Pete, with uh, Pete, well, the, Pete Carroll took his top off when he met DK exactly, DK, exactly. <laughs> so he's bonding straight away, you know, I mean, fantastic. That That's what you need. Belichick's not going to be taking his top off for anybody. So uh, <laughs> Raced on, I don't that, know. on that note, I don't think wow. it's a bit old school. It's an interesting one, Barry. I think it's a really good one. It's it's probably one that's going to roll on. Let's see what happens with the Patriots and their playoff hopes, right? Because that'll yeah. maybe did a bit like what you were saying on the last one about the Lions, Barry. Like the if they make the playoffs, it changes the narrative, doesn't it? Yeah, but but their next two games, the Dolphins and the Bills. Yeah, like no offense, if that happens, miracle. But yeah. Dolphins, if they, if they don't get me wrong, if they'd won the game this week, they would have been eight and six. Even if they'd lost to one of those two teams, they, they, they've got a chance. Wildcard spot, spot is up yeah. for a grab, but fundamentally, seven and seven going in with two teams, one yeah. particularly in the ascendancy. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and we didn't even talk about it, but that division. I mean, even the Jet in the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. You know, forget Wilson when he's not in the lineup. But yeah. you know, do you really want to go up against Tua, Allen, and then? A Jets team still a, st- a stack of uh, picks and a lot of cap room. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound like a fun next decade to me. He's, I mean, he's since Brady left, Patriots' regular season record at the moment for the last two and a half years, two and a bit years, is twenty four and twenty three, with three games left this season. So that probably tells you a story, like doesn't it? Like that that transition. Yeah, and you've got and you've got to you've got to put a lot of the blame on him, you know. No matter what, you know, Paul's saying about oh, he's not got the staff, he's not got the players. Yeah, but that that's that's his job. You've got the cap space, their fourth most cap space next year. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. We'll see. It's yeah. good, it's a good one, Bez. It's a good one. Um, okay, last one. This is what's got me tripping this week. There is a flag down on the opposite side of the field by where Curtis Samuel, the receiver, was. Flag down at the one on the opposite side. Illegal formation. Offense number 17. He was not lined up on the line of scrimmage. Therefore, he left the tackle uncovered. So I'm, I'm going to pre- preface this with the fact that I've been drinking out of a bottle. Um, <laughs> I'm just there's my there's my excuse. Oh, is, it, is it rant time again? It's well, it's just 
it's not even that. So that audio clip is from the Giants Commanders game, and there's those two plays in the last couple of plays. That one where you played, which was the McLaurin not lining up properly, illegal formation, and then the two plays later where there was the pass interference call that wasn't called. And if you see the clip, the guy's all over. I think it's Holmes is all over um, the commander's receiver. I forget who it is now. My thing, right, is it's got me tripping. And it's not just this week. It fucks me off most weeks. Is the inconsistency in refereeing and the subjectivity. Yeah, the referees are wankers, right? <laughs> just, I just... There's this thing. I've been listening to some talking heads. And, you know, whether it's uh, Cowherd or Florio or whoever it is. And... They're saying, oh, keep referees keep their hands in their pockets, their flags in their pockets toward the end of games. They don't want to be, they don't want their games to end on flags. And I, I'm like, I call bullshit on that because you, you're you're impacting the game's ending whether you, by, by not calling something that is a foul, that is illegal formation or is pass interference or is holding, whether it's defensive or offensive holding. I'm, I'm getting a bit fucking pissed off with the subjectivity by these semi-professional refs, they're not even professionally paid by the league, and the fact that they might call something PI in the first quarter, but they won't call it in the fourth quarter. And it's like, well, if you don't call it, and it's clear PI, like in that game, then I'm sorry, you are impacting the game by not calling it just as much as you would be impacting a game if you are calling it. And it's just pissing me off. And I'm just... Uh, am I the only? I want to ask you guys. Are you guys seeing some of these calls or non-calls and are getting as irate? Because for me, as a fan, it's annoying me. Let alone, and that game had no impact on my fantasy because I had a buy this week, right? So hey, I was just enjoying it as an NFL fan, and it still pissed me off. What do you think? Uh, you make a good point about not calling things or calling things in, in the end of the game where they would have done otherwise. I mean, that's just, you know, that's that's just common sense. You know, if, if you call it in the first minute, you call it in the last minute, if it's a foul, if it's a foul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call a little bit of bias here because, you know, I'm the son of a referee. Not the same sport, um, but, but you know, he's a rugby referee. And watching a lot of professional sport as I do, I've got a lot more respect for NFL refs than I do for most other sports. Um, because they rely on technology less. They use their eyes. Their eyes are the, the, the spotters, and they spot 95% of the stuff, I would say. I, no, they don't. Mm. They don't. They don't. They're on, a field, they're on a field full of titans. Those The NFL players are absolute titans. Six foot plus, fastest guys in, in, in the North U.S., full of gear, metal helmets, flying around that field. And most of these refs, not all, are like older gentlemen. There's a few female referees and assistants now. And they're, yeah, using their eyes. Respect that. So why don't the fucking NFL pay for the technology? Why, well, why don't, don't we the, use... Why, why don't the NFL pay for them properly? To pay well, them properly either, to, get, yeah. to, get, to get the training. I mean, that it's, would be my, that would be my they, first Because they're greedy C-bombs, right? They're greedy. They, don't don't they want to make as much money as possible. They don't want uh, this. Remember, this is an entertainment business. This isn't a sport. Wow. Cynic. Gents, your thoughts? <laughs> Tough. I mean, referees, oh, go for are, it. referees are always going to be the, the, the sore talking point. I, I mean, yeah, James, I've seen a few uh, dodgy things this season with the rough in the passer calls and it you've got one yeah. minute someone's getting smashed yeah. and the next minute it's hardly touching him and and you know they're, they're calling 
um, foul. So, yeah, the inconsistency is inconsistency is always going to be there. But I just think that's just sport in general. Name a sport where the referee is always going to be right, or it's it's a tough one. Technology probably would help, but. I don't, I, I, I don't know how much it would help, like because so much of the of the laws around NFL are actually, um, they're not so much black and white. They're they're a bit more kind of shades of grey, you know. Subjective, yeah. Subjective, that's the word. Subjective. Thank you. Yeah, like the roughing the passer calls. Some of them that yeah. have been going out this year are fucking outrageous. Quite frankly, yeah. you know, you're not allowed to touch a quarterback. So no. there is a lot more subjectivity. So I, I I don't know just how much more technology would help. Yeah, technology helps for you know breaking every mid first down or if you got into got into the end zone something like that. Absolutely, uh, or obvious things like a face mask and you know, all that. But because there's so much subjectivity in it. I wonder how much actual um, technology would help in these types of situations. Right. Let me let me throw three things out, and then I want to hear. What, I want really interested in Barry's view on this. Three things would solve this: pay the referees professionally. Yes. Allow every type of play to be challengeable. You know, like red flag. <laughs> no, but, no, but you still only have a limited number, but okay. you can challenge anything if it's that egregious, right? So pay referees properly. Everything should be challengeable and refs come out at the end of the game and explain their decisions. And I think that should be in any sport, right? But if you did those three things, you'd start ironing out a lot of these fucking shit calls, I think. Uh, Barry, what do you think, man? Um, I think the, the thing that bugs me the most about uh, American sports in general, uh, North American sports in general, is the concept that the postseason is officiated differently to the regular season. Yeah. You listen to any talking head and they'll say stuff like, oh, that's not playoff football or that's not playoff basketball. Like, you know, you, you, you wouldn't get that call, right? So, you know, basketball is a great example of a very non-physical game in this regular season. But when you get into the postseason, you know, the big boys come play, right? Um, and, and I was just looking at some of the stats that, you know, when you actually look at the playoffs, they actually call two and a half less penalties a game in the playoffs versus the regular season. Right? Like that. And that's since 2008, that study. So there's a couple of contributing factors that's got to be for that, right? One is the meritocracy of getting into the playoffs, right? Which is you, you get graded as a referee to qualify for the playoffs. So you have a regular crew in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then in the postseason, it moves progressively to mixed crews. So, it, you know, if you're part of the crew, it doesn't mean you all get in individually. You're judging your merit. So, if you go into a mixed crew in the playoffs, you are basically officiating based on your eye, as as, as Fleming says. But you're not reading what someone else might do. You're not you're not quite sure what the other person would do. You have to call the game black or white, and maybe there's a, a higher level of uncertainty. But again, the quality officials might get better. But I, I think. I would like it to be called the same in the postseason as the regular season. I'd like to see the game be a bit more fluid. But I do think that the one thing that the NFL has done is that that meritocracy that exists about getting into the postseason, where they have increased earning potential, increased job security, prestige of being able to get into the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Like, I do think that helps drive competitive appetite for referees. Like, they're not, they're not choosing to make bad calls. It's a very fast-paced game. Very few margins. We talked about concussions and concussion protocol last week. Like, you know, the players desire to play, the team's desire to get them on the field versus the safety of the player. Like, how do you, how do you call that? And some of the calls are so marginal, whether it's, you know, the toe taps or the drag drag leg or, you know, yep. split second. Do we think that player's offside? Yep. Like, it's a, the only thing I don't know, genuinely don't know about this, is at halftime, do the referees do a debrief on how the first half went? 
do they look at some calls and some videos? Because that might explain your point of, hey, they called this in the first half, but they're not going to call it in the second half. Like, yeah. Or are they are they not allowed to do that? Like, I would think that'd be ridiculous for them to do, but maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 look, you make a fair point. It's the toe touching and the inches and the split second stuff is is with the naked eye. And to your point, Flam, that's really hard and it's impressive what they do. I I worry, and I mean this genuinely, I worry about the introduction of gambling into this American sports world, in particular the NFL. The, 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 you know, what that could mean for, and the McLaurin clip you played at the start, I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But if you've got these semi-professional guys, and yeah, they're trying to do the best and, and the rest of it, we've seen what happens. Look at Calvin Ridley. He's a player, played millions, and he was still gambling when he shouldn't have been gambling. Yeah. I mean, the ref, the ref for that McLaurin call, I mean, had his hand in his pocket. You know, he was desperate. He was, to he was ready to go. He was, he was ready, ready to go. go. Yeah. Even though McLaurin looked like he checked. I, 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 I think he's more worried about his fantasy points. I think we should just ban referees from playing NFL fantasy. I wouldn't ban I wouldn't ban referees from uh, having gambling accounts, but I'd ban them from having fantasy accounts. Absolutely. That, I mean, that would get more of them. Because if, if you lose a bet, you just lose money. But like, if you lose to your mates, you're going to hear about it all. That is all brutal. Yeah. Well, that's a good way. That's a really good way of wrapping up our what, three things this week. Uh, guys, thanks for the therapy for me. You're a bit, Fleming, you're a bit trigger happy. Oh, I wasn't a bit trigger happy. happy. Yeah, you've been yeah, trigger happy. Be, no, yeah. Not just that. You've been trigger happy on the soundboard today a few times, man. You need a, you, you're on, you've been having a cup of coffee or something. What's going on? Well, I'm having a gin and tonic. Is that all right? I'm on, <laughs> yeah. I'm on, I'm on holidays. I just want to get through this so I can, I don't know, sit down and watch, you know, Muppet Christmas Carol or something like that. Oh, but classic. anyway, um, this should actually shouldn't take too long at all because we've got the recap of this week's uh, results in the ASFL. But of course, it was the first week of the playoffs. Because it was the first week of the playoffs, I guess you call it the wild card round. Uh, there were only two matches this week. Um, we had the uh, third seeded OBS Wolfpack against the sixth seeded Essex Musketeers, and the Essex Musketeers ran out victorious 236 points to 225 points, hence why Paul is here. Uh, and in the other match, the uh, fourth seeded by Fleet Sharks got beaten by the 5th seeded Benali Ballbags, 206 points to 273 points. The highest team score in the league this year, coming just at the right time. So both lower seeds making their way through to the playoff semi-finals, which happen this week. We'll come on to where that is in a second. Um, but that's the roundup for this week. Uh, shall we go into the matches? Go for it. Go for it. We'll start off with uh, we'll start off with my one, shall we? Because uh, hey, I'm happy, I'm delighted to be here. Uh, I was one moment away from almost not making the playoffs, and yet in week 15, when it counted the most, 273 points, the highest scoring points uh, on a week, at some point this season, and being the Byfleet Sharks, who I have to say I was a little bit terrified about uh, from Nick. He doesn't seem to care, but he seems to bring out the points when it matters. He's left us a voicemail, gents. Oh, 
I think this is, might be the second voicemail he's ever sent us. Uh, so let's shall I get? A, shall I get? Shall I read a book while? while uh, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm not going to lie. It's two minutes long. So make yourself comfortable. Please leave so. your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Well, Nick Walter, GM of Byfleet Sharks, 2020 season over with a whisper. Uh, or murmur, should I, I say? I mean, 2020 season, first of all, that's uh, not good, but anyway. With uh, last week's finish, I had Jay Taylor basically get injured, completely ruined it for me, I think. Um, he was looking looking good suddenly, and then suddenly gets injured on uh, when it actually really mattered in the playoffs for me. Um, what else can I say? I mean, did, yeah, I've, sort of a season that sort of promised a little bit, uh, and splattered, and then um, yeah, gave me a bit more promise towards the end. So it was an up and down season for me. Um, I actually really enjoyed this season. Um, you know, I did a few more waivers at the end of the season as well. But at my last game last week, uh, my bench was completely decimated, and I didn't have time to uh, to do the waivers uh, last didn't week. Didn't have time, so that probably yeah, probably um, killed me a little bit. But overall. You know, happy for the ball bags uh, beating happy. me and uh, mm. making it into the semis. I think so. Overall, I'm relatively happy. You know, happy line again, which is which is good. Um, I didn't end up with a spoon, <laughs> so uh, overall, happy made it to the happy playoffs. again. <laughs> um, pleased that um, Mr. Radden's doing doing well. Oh, and, thanks. Nick. Um, overall, yeah, good season. Um, I'm, I'm relatively happy. So good see, few, good. few decisions for me next season in terms of, you know, who do I want to keep? Tyreek Hill has been an absolute superstar for me this year. Um, so uh, he's been been my standout player, basically. And also Hurts. Jalen Hurts has just, you know, smashed it every week, mainly for me. He's been, um, him and Hill have been real superstars this, uh, this season. So uh, some decisions for me going into next season. So, Overall, uh, relatively happy, and happy. Uh, best of luck to uh, the guys in the, uh, the next stage. How happy, can you, how happy can you be for being knocked out in the wild card round? Mr. <laughs> happy at mediocrity. You know, you know what? I listened, to that, I listened to that before I came on, but I never actually realised how many times he said he was happy. <laughs> I couldn't believe it after the first time. The his, time. his team logo has to literally move to being a Mr. Man from next season. I'm just yeah. looking at his numbers, right? Mr. Happy, right? For the entire season, right? For the entire season, this man only hit 220 points plus twice and only once 200, uh, three times, sorry, 220 points, three times, 250 once. Wow. So it, it was properly mediocre. So like, he probably, he probably got lucky. needs to listen to Nick, eh? Like Bill, Bill sounds suicidal. Nick's <laughs> losing and he's happy, happy, happy. So. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe maybe Bill needs to hire Nick for a sense of positivity in the <laughs> face of, of oblivion. Christ, there's a thought. There's a thought. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. look, you're probably right. He's probably been lucky actually with his matchups uh, throughout, throughout the year to get to where he got to. But you know, as I said, I, I was a bit terrified coming into the match, but uh, my team smashed it. You know, uh, JJ Justin Jefferson getting thirty again. Trevor Lawrence's rebirth is is going well for me. McCaffrey's hitting the points. Um, Jerick McKinnon I picked up this week, um, and hit thirty five points, which was uh, another another great pickup. So, again, the worry is always that I peaked too soon. But uh, if you'd asked me three weeks ago, would I be happy to get to the playoff semis? I probably would have bitten your hand off. So, 
uh, I'm happy. Everyone to laughs at me, right? But but defense wins championships. You look at your defense. Yeah. Niners third. Yeah. Roquan Smith fourth. Devin yeah. White ninth. Baker eleventh. And I've got I've got I've got Williams. I've got yeah. I've got Williams on my bench as well. Who's third? Fourth. Those right. Fourth now. Well, he's third, fourth yeah. now. But 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 you made some of those defensive pickups near the end yeah. of the season. You haven't had carried those guys through the whole because the, the contributions you got from some of those guys was Huge. massive. Yeah, you know, you got two DBs with over 10 points this week. Uh, then you had a Hunter, a DL with 11. Then you had Niners with nearly 20 points. Yeah, and his fangers so, had loads of defensive points for me as well this year, as well. So it's been, been it's been, yeah, he has been good. So you're right. I mean, I never used to believe that as well. I used to get to the draft and there's defensive players, just like I don't know who any of these guys are. Uh, auto pick, auto pick, auto pick. Uh, but now that I'm kind yeah. of um, you know, looking into it properly, it is amazing what these guys can bring you. Yeah, it's just a shame that uh, Christian McCaffrey picked up a knee injury. Uh, what a oh, fucking shame. shock it's made a glass. I have, I have made a couple of waiver picks this week, so hopefully uh, if it's required, they can be used. But on to that in a second. <laughs> Let's move on to the bigger match, actually. The match which was on tenterhooks between the OBS Wolfpack uh, and the Essex Musketeers. The Essex Musketeers... Running out victorious, only just though by 236 points to 225 points. And Paul, it's fair to say that it wasn't looking that way going into Monday Night Football. Correct. It was a, I don't know about you, Flim, but it was a long week. I mean, it started Thursday night (laughs) football. Then we had Saturday night football, a bit of extra. Sunday, Monday, and yeah, it went the distance. I was 50 points down going into uh, Monday night football, but I had three players of the Green Bay Packers to play uh, Aaron Jones the Packers defense and I picked up my secret weapon my secret weapon on waivers this week yeah stumbled across this guy I'm having to look at my phone because I don't even know his name Keyshawn Nixon Keyshawn Nixon there you yep. go uh, he plays defense but he's also the punt returner uh, for the last few weeks and he's been secretly picking up a few points managed to snag him and he was probably the difference maker. Uh, yeah, well, he scored 16 points. Uh, the Packers defense scored to 25. Yep. And uh, Jones you know, got me about 22, something oh, like yeah, that. And Aaron, and Aaron Jones got you 21. Yeah. So, so, you know, from being 50 points behind and kind of thinking, uh, it's going to be a long shot, you yeah. know, ended, up, ended up winning by 11. Yeah, I, I mean, I was obviously the underdog um, this week. First of all, like, Credit credit to Steve because I know he must be hurting because he's a proper fantasy football guy. Um, he he lives and breathes this w- with us all, so it must have been tough to get beaten by me um, because it was a little bit unexpected even for myself. Yeah, but an, an absolute cracking an absolute cracking result. Listen, we we put the shout out. Steve's sadly not giving us a voicemail this week, but we did put a shout out to the other fantasy managers, just to give us their thoughts, to see how everything went, uh, to see if they've got any predictions for, for the rest of the season. And uh, Broadwood from the Alligators uh, gave us a message. Let's hear what he had to say. Couldn't care less. <laughs> He's still hurting like a bitch. And it makes me very happy, because it means I can just uh, I can just use this again. It's all over. It's all mm-hmm. over. It's all over. It's all over. <laughs> I, say, I said this last week, but I, I miss him. Like, like Paul, too nice. Be too nice to, to <laughs> Steve and, and Nick. Too nice. Too happy. Fuck him. 
Like, you know, he just knocked him out of the playoffs. Stomp well, on his head. You talk, you, like, talk about, come on. you talk about you talk about too happy. Here's someone who's not normally too happy because Lionel got in touch. And let's hear what he had to say. Lino from the Renegades. Oh, uh, a bit happier, he's not invited onto the podcast this week because it's talking playoffs and doesn't concern me this year, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, who do I think is going to win? Uh, I actually think it'll be the ball bags. Um, a lot of points racked up last week. Don't really deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, GM's getting quite confident, cocky. Uh, you'd think he was on a massive uh, I don't know, winning season, but who knows? I think it might be them, actually. Uh, a lot of arrogance from the Stallions not fielding a team this week for their bye week, so we can't see where they are. Perhaps paranoia, nerves. What? So people don't want to read into his <laughs> Of course strategy. I didn't field a team, you um, dick. And then there's the Outsiders, which is the, the Musketeers. Uh, they must be like, wondering what they're doing. Like, well, you wonder how they've got there. He's probably wondering how they got there, but you never know. Uh, this will be up there with Leicester winning the Premier League. Um, if the Grizzlies don't win, Barry, I'm here for you. We can set up a private WhatsApp group where we can discuss why it's better to win the league than the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so four bags, I reckon. And uh, I will mostly be, uh, you know, hoping that my team uh, uh, turn up next season. Oh, fucking dig I've it. Liked, I've always liked that guy. Fucking having a dig at me for not picking a team. I'm not playing anybody, you knob. But you benched your team. You benched your team. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Let me tell you why, right? I'll tell you why I benched my team and I didn't have anyone selected. I didn't have anyone selected because if I had an injury during the weekend and someone got injured and they were in my team, I can't drop them until waivers kick in Tuesday. If I've got someone set on my bench and someone had got injured... I can immediately drop them and pick up a waiver wire based on last week's waivers. So I could have live replaced them rather than wait until this week. Tactics, never didn't even know it existed. That's, that, that's, that's actually quite impressive shit, that. Yeah. I, I, do, I do want to make, like, so, uh, Lionel's chat's cracking. I want to make a comment, though, about his WhatsApp group about the fact that his wife thought he was still top of the league for pretty much the whole season. <laughs> and she was, giving him, she, she was giving him shit when she finally realised he was bottom. And saying, so all those hours of watching it, on the app, pretending to be a podcaster and you finished bottom, you said you'd sneak a playoff spot. So she's like, you worthless man who just wasted hours of our life together. We should we should say that Lino did suggest he was going to be listening to this on his four-hour drive to France to visit her family this Christmas. Yep. So Mrs. Lino, if you're listening, hi. Hi. <laughs> we're and really also, sorry. We're really sorry. <laughs> we're really sorry. <laughs> you're welcome on the pod anytime. Yeah. We're also really sorry you're married to a loser. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're also really sorry that, 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 you, that your, your other half doesn't want to participate in next year's draft because he's scared of not having a computer. No, you know, <laughs> baby. Less of a GM than he thought he was. Oh, no, <laughs> right. Okay. So that, that, that is the, the, the quickest roundup we've ever had, but it does mean we have the playoff semifinals coming up this week. And here is how the draw looks. Okay, so obviously just the two matches coming up in the playoff semi-finals. Uh, the Essex Musketeers, their reward for beating the OBS Wolfpack is to take on Fitz's Chiltern Stallions, whereas it is a Scottish semi-final on the other side of the draw, the Benali Bobags against the Bears Den Grizzlies. So it does mean we will definitely have a Scotland-England final. Uh, but how those matches go, we will find hold out. On. Hold on, mm-hmm. hold on, don't. Don't call me fucking English. Fucking dare. How dare you? Fuck 
fucking call me. My team's English based. Don't call me English. What do you want me to call you? Thank you, Barry. I'm a mongrel. I'm half and half half mutt. I'm not one or the other, you you dick. My team is represented in the. I've had a bottle of wine, right? I've had. My team (laughs) is in. That was the the most Scottish thing you ever said, you dick. You dick. (laughs) 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 But my team is in the Anglo conference championship and you're in the scottish conference championship if you want to look yeah. at it that way i'll take that right that's yeah. fair enough what's your what's your what's your what's your team named after uh chilton's yeah and where are they yeah, so i just i literally just said we're english based you dick you're not exactly. listening and that finishes the roundup of this week's <laughs> fantasy football league Do you want me to do it then? No, I'm, I was going to do it. Okay, well, give me a, give me a chance. Anyway, guys, thanks for the thanks for the uh, <laughs> thanks for the roundup, Flem. Um, as ever, we uh, go into a bit of an AOB section, um, and we want to pick up on a couple of items this week. Um, I think we had a question in, and I was listening because I wasn't on the pod last week, but I was delighted that we'd actually had uh, someone got in touch with us on Twitter. Is that yep. right, Flem? Yep. And we responded. Um, and we've had some sort of follow-up. So, uh, Flem, do you want to enlighten us as to kind of what? Let's, let's kick off with what the question might be this week that we're going to address from listener. Yeah, so it's actually quite good we've got the four of us together because obviously it's going to be a, a you know we're the four semi-finalists here. But the question that came in, which was kind of really interesting, which was um, the teams that are in the semi-final. If you could take one player from your opposing team, which one would it be and why? But you cannot pick their top player. So, for instance, I'm playing Barry, so I wouldn't be able to take Josh Allen from him because he's a, he's a top scorer. He wouldn't be able to take Justin Jefferson from me. Um, and uh, I don't know exactly who the two top scorers are in the other one. But um, which which player are you jealous of your opposing team having and why? Um, right. Baz, do you want to go first because you're up against me? I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Yeah, go on then. I want Jarek McKinnon. You want Jarek McKinnon? Yep. Well, that's interesting because I mean, my running backs are McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Jarek McKinnon. Don't give a um, shit. The guy's had 34 points two weeks in a row. He's playing against Seattle, who have got the 31st run defense in the league. Yeah. Yep. I'm taking Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Well, do you know what? He, he was a brilliant pickup for me two weeks ago because I actually, about, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, picked up um, Pacheco. Um, yeah, Pacheco and had him. Um, for a couple of weeks until I eventually went, ah, what the fuck am I doing? McKinnon's a much better pick and swapped Pacheco out for McKinnon. And it's been, and it's been, you know, you can actually take my Travis Etienne screw up all the way to the bank now because uh, I think I've redeemed myself with a McKinnon pickup. So, Do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm being deadly serious here. I, 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 was, I almost picked up Isaac Pacheco today. I almost you? picked him up. I, it's the most Andy Reid thing to do is just to go in and, you know, going in by committee on running back and just just see who's who's going to get it. Because you can guarantee the, the, the Seahawks are going after McKinnon, McKinnon in the game film yeah. uh, right yeah. now. So there's a little part of me, it's like, you know what, I might live and die by that by that call. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, listen, me for you, if I, can't have jo- if I can't have Josh Allen, like the obvious answer is Travis Kelty. Of course it is. Yeah, you know, I'd pick up, pick up Kelty because uh, uh, I've got Evan Ingram as my tight end, and you know, there's no comparison there. Of course, you'd pick Kelty. But 
if, if you kind of think that Kelchin and and Alan are potentially on a kind of an even keel, I'll go a bit left field as well, uh, and I would probably take uh, Oluwokun, the linebacker from Jacksonville. Man's a legend. Um, you know, absolute legend. He's he's like top ranked linebacker. Yeah. Um, is pissing out points quite frankly at the moment. Um, so he would be. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously happy with my defensive guys that I've got, but you know, if I could have an extra flex defender in there, he'd be my man. I would take him in a second. Nice, nice. cool. The other side, what are you guys thinking? Um, I'll, I'll jump in first. So I looked at Paul's team, and I got it's not much to be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to take actually weirdly enough his top scorer. You you wouldn't be able to take Justin Fields. Well, that's the thing I can't take his, his top scorer is Fields, and that's the yeah. one that I would would have taken. And but albeit, albeit Fields is playing Buffalo this week, so you know that's he's got that going against him. Um, look, if I if a gun to my head, probably a defensive player, and it'd be a toss up between Parsons and Bosa. Uh, both are top top guys. Bosa's you know, defensive player, the candidate, Parsons, same. They're both yep. up there playing brilliantly for their teams. One of them's going to win that title. Um, and, you know, defense, as Barry was saying, defences can make a difference in championships. And, um, yeah, so if it wasn't Fields, who's the Mousketeers top scorer, then it'd be one of those two, I think. What about you, Paul? Mm, well, and don't fits. say Travis Etienne. For fuck's no, sake. <laughs> I won't wind you up. <laughs> no, no, it's a bit left field, but. Fitz picked up someone off of waivers the other day that I was looking at. Where I got my secret weapon, my Packers guy, he's picked up a secret weapon too. He's picked up Marcus Jones of the New England Patriots. And this guy is literally playing. He's playing everywhere. He's playing offense. He's playing defense. Uh, He's all over the place. So if you look at the last few weeks scores, he's, he, I think he was ranked so low a few weeks back, but yeah, was, he's think, racking out the points. And yeah, he's had, he's had 22, he's had 19. Exactly. He only, he only had eight last week, but yeah, he's, he's yeah. barely whacking them in. Yeah. I, I, I have actually run out of waivers. I've got none left. So I, I would have had him um, <laughs> if if I could have had him. That, that was oh. a great, great pickup, Fitz. Can you, can, you, can, you, can you imagine the scenes on Boxing Day when you're around my house? If he... <laughs> if he if he lands me, that extra point, I need to beat you. Oh. Oh, oh. I'm going to so get the guys. So, so, so can I check, are you two guys meeting up? Because you're, you're kind of family, yeah? So, yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, are you guys meeting family. up on Boxing Day? Yeah, yeah, he's coming over to mine. Um, awesome. My mum and uh, my mum and his dad will be over for mine on Christmas Day and they'll stay over. And then uh, and then they'll they'll bomb over on Boxing Day. So um, Right, so you got, you're going to do your voicemails uh, on Boxing Day, yeah? Together. Together, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can yeah, do that. Definitely. We can do that. It's... Um, yeah, oh, it's, imagine if I didn't realize you really wanted him. That's that's just, oh, that's a little, yeah, that's made it really tasty now. You found him, you found him as well. There's these rare guys out there playing all positions. There's not many, yeah, yeah, there's not many. There was a guy, Agnew, who plays for the Jags now. He played a bit of O, o and D a couple of years ago, and now he's just mainly O. But he was a like two or three years ago before you were in the league, he was the same, like yeah. a player. He used who to play would, for the Lions, yeah, and then yeah, he moved to the Jags. They'd classify him as a DB. He'd play return and get a few snaps in as a receiver. So like, that, that like, was like yeah, and it's like when I picked up Taysom Hill earlier in the season, he's playing tight end and quarterback and yeah. all over the place. And he'd occasionally have just insane weeks, and then the next week he'd score two and be like, uh, one, one, one thing I want to throw in, Flem, because we might be on. I know we're short on time. Yep. I was looking earlier. There's a lot of two and O's in this quad. This quadruple us four. Yeah. If we look back in the regular season, 
Barry's Grizzlies beat my Stallions 2 0 this season. Yeah. I beat your Bullbags 2 0. I beat yep. Musketeers, Musketeers 2 0. Mm-hmm. Musketeers beat Barry's Grizzlies 2 0. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of 2 0s kicking around in this. So I found that quite interesting. I was just looking back at some of the past records. So yeah, Barry's, Barry's 2 0 against me as well, I think, isn't it? Exactly. That's another yeah. one. So it's. I think the only other one was uh, you and uh, Paul were one on one. Everything else is 2 0, 2 0, 2 0. Yeah. So, Luke, how are you feeling about this week? Because I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll shout it out to Barry. I'm not overly confident, but projected scores at the moment, which I know we mean fuck all, um, have me losing to you by two points. Uh, now, I'd much rather lose by forty than two. Then let's get that. Let's get that out straight away. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it could it could be touch and go. I've got a lot of cues. Got a lot of questionables, and I need them to, especially when three of them are Lawrence McCaffrey and Higgins. So I need them. To- I'd rather have your offense than mine, but I'd rather have my defense than yours. Okay. Right now, I mean, I, I, I my, my problem is, 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 and people know this. I stacked offensive weapons throughout the whole season, so my bench is basically eighty percent offense. So. I, I, I'm all for me all picking the right team and I, and that's what's happened all season I've actually by sheer dumb luck I've picked the right team so you know do I, do I put three offensive Cardinals in there do I, do I double stack and double D the Dallas running back like, there's so many permutations so have you have, you picked, have you picked up a chicko while we've been on oh, yeah. while we've been on air yeah yeah fucking hell yeah. so <laughs> I, I might pick up a curveball I don't know. I, I wish I wish I had more confidence, but I think Fitz will back me up on this. Is when you look at my team on paper, in some ways it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I just have a lot of middle of the road players who keep delivering middle of the road scores. I don't yeah. seem to have players who play unnecessarily badly. I've got an A grade tight end, an A grade QB, and I have a very very good defense, right? But I don't have like I don't have a Jamar Chase. I don't have a Justin Jefferson, right? I don't have that. Yeah, Hopkins you know, is pretty decent, but Murray's out now. Kamara's not done what he should do this season. So I, I can't sit there and go, can I go head-to-head with Justin Jefferson, Saquon Barkley, and a fit McCaffrey? No, technically I can't. But you've got Trevor Lawrence as your QB, and yep. and your, your your backup QB is, is Purdy, and he's also questionable. So it, it, who knows? It, it, Fitz called this right at the beginning. It's a toss-up yep. between, a between toss-up. the four of us, quite frankly. It's a toss-up. Um, I still favour the Stallions. I think the Stallions take it home because it's overwhelming offence they've got. Their glaring hole is, is their defence and their kicker, both of which are decidedly average and I'm being kind. But who cares? If the so, offence is overwhelming, you can't. You, was, your defence is not catching up for that. I was going to ask you both a question. If Flem or Baz, if either of you got through, who would you rather face in the final from our semi-final? Uh, Paul. Paul. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll ask you guys the same question. Who you well, go first? I, I've got to go Barry because I've never even beat anybody <laughs> two and zero before ever. It's the only team I've ever done it to. So yeah, it's got it's going to have to be Barry. Oh God! Uh, if I had to face one of you, I'd want to face. I'd, I, honestly, I don't know why I'm going to say this, but I'll say it. I, I want to face Barry in the final. Yeah, underestimated yeah. all season. I continue to be underestimated. I just all want. Season. I just want. I just want. I just. But that's yeah. because you want to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it's Christmas. So in the it's season Christmas. of goodwill, good luck to you all. Um, but I hope the rest of you get smashed. 
and um, we'll be doing nothing but uh, eating mince pies, drinking wine, and watching fantasy for the weekend. Oh, and don't forget, yes. don't forget, fuck the Gators. Fuck the Gators. Fuck the Gators. <laughs> fuck the Gators. <laughs>